This is the Doctor Who Podcast, and you are most welcome. Welcome once again to our regular spot just outside the British Film Institute. I'm joined by Phil. Hello, Phil. Hello. And 25%, was it 20% of Stangerin's stories? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> what, what percentage are you, Adam? Um, less than 20, six of us, so what's that? 16, 10, 10, I don't know. Oh, there's six now. There's six. They've increased. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. Adam, good friend of the show, as I will introduce you in future. It's <laughs> a uh, convoluted percentage. I know. Yeah. Yeah. at the beginning. We have just watched The Time Meddler on the big screen with how many people? I always get this wrong. About Full four. House. It was sold out. Full House sold out. It was wonderful to watch. It was. It's a celebratory screening. It marks the launch of the season two Blu-ray release, which we don't know quite yet when it's going to no, be released so into the wild. Uh, I think, yeah. Indeed, or yeah. To believe 2025. Yeah, well, we shall see. We shall see. But uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the uh, the story first of all. But uh, Phil, what do you make of the time meddler? Well, it's it's always been a story I've loved, to be honest. Um, I just think it's a really, really witty script. There's some really great lines, which I probably didn't appreciate as much as as we have, like today when the audience sort of laughed, at, especially Hartnell. Some of the lines he had in it, he's really sort of on top form in this particular story. And I think the introduction of Stephen Taylor is really good. He proved himself to be a really good sort of character off the bat. Um, Vicky, I've always, I've always liked Maureen O'Brien. Um, but I think everyone's on top form. I mean, even the sort of like the, um, the Vikings and, and the Saxons are, are usually sort of a bit one note in these things, but even they're well done as well. He's not, not sort of, uh, I don't know, it's it just, everything really works in this. <laughs> I can't quite put my finger on it. it you know, it's, it's obviously studio bound with some stock footage of, well, I say stock footage of Vikings. No such thing as stock footage of Vikings, is there? But exactly, yeah. <laughs> but no, it just works. It really works. Apart from the weird Viking king, you only seen one scene and never seen again. I, I must admit, the memory cheated me there because I thought we saw him again at the end for some reason. But no, we didn't. Didn't. It's the first time the Doctor's origins are hinted at. Adam, how do you, how do you feel about seeing another Time Lord? Well, it was not mentioned that Time Lord is not a thing yet. Uh, does he even mention TARDIS? I'm not sure he mentioned it, does he? But uh, yeah, we see another TARDIS, we see another Time Lord or Gallifrey, whatever you want to call him at this point. And he's also a bit like Hartnell, a bit mischievous, a bit having a bit of fun with it. Uh, yeah, there's a bit of a trait amongst the Time Lords at this point. We haven't met the master yet, of course. Uh, yeah, it's a good introduction, and it gives away nothing. It doesn't really demystify it at all. It just it says for sure he's not a human from the future and all that. It, it is something different. This isn't a guy who's built a TARDIS in his back garden now. There is a whole race of them. 
Well, this is um, a story that was commissioned specifically to end the second series. So Dennis Spooner went ahead and wrote this uh, a while ago. And I think mm -hmm. acknowledging the fact that Doctor's origins have been to this point unexplained, mm -hmm. it kind of exploits that and, and, and probes the intrigue of, uh, of that lack of information. Now, for me, it works really well. Peter Butterworth's character is a genius. Uh, well, not his character, but the, the, the creation of the character, I think, is genius. Understated performance from Peter Butterworth, not really in keeping with uh, performances um, that we hear from Rufus Hound in Big Finish these days, who is much more master-like than, than the kind of character that Butterworth uh, portrays. Um, but I just think it's, it, it's interesting to see where the series was going. No one really knew what was going on one week to the next, even if they had a job, uh, whether or not the you know, moves were afoot to get rid of the actor who played the doctor, you know. So it was a very disturbed and unsettling time for those involved. Yeah, well, that seemed to go, I know, sort of a bit off topic, all the way through Troughton's period as well. This seemed to be the point where, when Verity Lambert left um, and other producers came in and this ever-revolving door of actors and I'm surprised it got made at all, to be honest. As, as we mentioned earlier, this, is, this screening was to mark the release of the season two Blu-ray, of which we saw about 20 minutes uh, previewed afterwards. Any, any thoughts on that, Adam? Always looking forward to the, uh, the interviews with uh, Matthew Sweet. And who do we have this time? It's um, Peter Purvis, isn't it? And... Uh, Maureen O'Brien, is that right? Not sure if we had Peter Purvis. Oh, no, right. It's, it was uh, William Russell. William Russell, yeah, William, yeah, Russell. Yeah. William yeah. Russell. And of course, we saw William Russell. We last saw William Russell in Power of the Doctor, yeah. <laughs> uh, as we yeah, recalled today. this time last yes. week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And another looking for for uh, Whitaker, isn't it? Uh, David Whitaker this time. One T, not two like uh, Jodie Whitaker. Uh, yeah, a character that nobody, nobody knows much about. You're very interested to find out a bit more about him. He's so integral to the beginnings of Doctor Who, yet it's been forgotten, so yeah. Story editor, I think they said. He story edited the first 21 stories. Was it stories or episodes? It was stories. stories. It must yeah, be stories. It's like 50 episodes, isn't it? So not an insignificant role. Uh, and it is surprising how little we know about David Whittaker. And, and Toby Hadok, who was there today as well, uh, had a five-minute session with the presenters, Justin Johnson and Dick Fiddy. And he talked a little uh, about his role in creating these extra little vignettes as well. But are, are you interested, Phil, or is anything you're particularly looking forward to uh, coming into season two Blu-ray set? Um, well one thing that sort of piqued my interest there, I think it was in the, the trailer that Maureen O'Brien uh, did, they sort of padded it out a little bit more after she'd finished, that re recreating her character, um, with David Whittaker being mentioned blacklisting as well, which um, I, I want to know more about that. Was he blacklisted for, for something he did or said or... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That, that's, that's, that's really piqued my interest, that one. So he left and went to Australia to live. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he sent there, or a prison <laughs> sentence or something. <laughs> oh, well, mate, yeah, it's always good when you get new stories that come yeah. out of this era. And I, yeah. one of the questions that I always used to ask uh, either stars of the show or people associated with its production is when you watch this stuff, like 30, 40, 50 years after it was made, 
sometimes for the first time in a long, long time, does it stimulate any new memories? And, uh, and that's particularly pertinent when they discover new material. Um, and I think it's worthwhile mentioning, um, <laughs> there was 12 minutes missing, 12 minutes, 12 seconds, apologies. Yes. Yeah, story about time travel, I shouldn't get the measure of <laughs> the, the, t- the units of time wrong. Uh, 12 seconds missing from episode yeah. four. Yes which the production team, uh, or the people at the BBC or whatever, decided to recreate. And it's uh, very indistinct. You can't really notice it as a viewer. But I just wonder whether or not that was money well spent. Well, it does make you wonder. I know it's there for completist sake, isn't it? Um, But it does seem rather convoluted getting all the costumes together, which you don't really see. Um, Getting other people involved, filming it, degrading the quality to make it look like the 405 line, then upscaling it again for... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very, very convoluted. And, and, yeah, I think you remarked to me during the, in the theatre, how much did that cost? Is it a slippery yeah. slope? Do we go about uh, recreating scenes now? Uh, I don't know. It, it's a special case, I suppose. It's a lost clip. It's edited out of the New Zealand's copy, which is the only one we have. Uh, yeah. uh, a special case, but you can see how it could be used as a precedent in the future of for redoing entire scenes or, or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, this this was discussed with Paul Vanessa's on stage as well. I probably said his surname wrong there, so have another go, Adam. Vanessa. Good. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> we we apologise, Paul, for massacring your name if you happen to be listening to this. Um, who has appeared on the Doctor Who podcast in the past. It has to be said, we had a nice long interview with Paul many years ago. Uh, but yeah, it sounds as though this was a labour of love for him. Uh, yeah. and, and the recreation of 12 seconds of, of, of footage was an interesting choice. And uh, I, I hope yeah. that they don't end up reducing the budget in future. Well, I hope not. Maybe this is the way forward now. They're not going to animate uh, these missing stories. They're just going to act them out, well, actually. Yeah, already with the Dalek Master Plan... Part one, haven't they? Uh, Mission to the Unknown, is it? The university. Um, Indeed, it wasn't it? a BBC project or a Blu-ray release. Uh, yeah. What they did do back in the DVD days was Day of the Daleks. They reshot a number they of exterior did. scenes yeah. with more Daleks, yeah. so that the cast were <laughs> threatened by more than one Three. tin pot <laughs> little Dalek. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, and, and I think they got someone to dress up as an Ogron and shoot that as well. Yeah. Now that kind of stuff is optional extras. It I is. think. Is great, uh, but yeah, interesting use of budgets. That's all. Yes. I'll, I'll, that's all I'll say. Particularly given they haven't been able to recreate the two missing episodes, apart from with just with uh, tele stabs. Mm. I'm sure a half day of doing 12 seconds of filming isn't going to be a budget enough to make an entire animated episode, but. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just like any, anything that uses budget, I would want the wider audience to appreciate. Yeah. I don't think they will. No. no. To be honest, I didn't notice that at all until they actually made a mention of it. I'm sure um, features that make a thing of it, but uh, beyond that. Yeah, yeah. Which costs as well. <laughs> well, it did. Well, it must, well, it's been a while since I watched the time minute, so I, I couldn't remember if that, what the, those 12 missing seconds or not. I just thought, no. all I can remember is I don't remember it being that graphic actually and then they explain why that, oh that's why I don't remember because he wasn't there yeah. in the first place so <laughs> uh, Peter Purvis was in the audience as well spent uh, his well three and a half hours with the audience actually mm. and uh, then come on and did quite a lengthy panel at the end 20-25 minutes took some questions as well I mean it's always fun listening to Peter Purvis and mm. uh, I remember seeing him when we attended Galaxy 4 that's earlier right. on this year yeah. Phil and he talked a lot about Bill how he was handled by the cast <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's fun listening to him but uh, some of the fun bits are actually him talking about the injuries he got 
on Blue Peter. Oddly. <laughs> <laughs> How his hands were frozen in place after two days on a, on a motorbike. <laughs> yeah. But Doctor-wise, nothing we haven't really heard before. He got on well with Bill Hartnell, which I know is a bit of a contrast to people who came after him. So I think he was probably uh, the, uh, the latter end of the, uh, the good times on that front. Um, yeah, great, great to ha- have them about still. William Russell, yeah. him. It's quite strange we've got so many from that early era about, yet so few from later on in the 60s. No, it, it, 70s. Right, yeah. it, it, it is strange, uh, particularly when you've, um, when you've got William Russell uh, around as well, uh, which, is, which is wonderful, yeah. yeah. And it was interesting, Toby Hadoke, we mentioned him earlier, uh, spoke a little bit about his annual project um, to keep track of who died the yeah. previous year. Yeah. And uh, one of the first comments Peter Purvis made on stage <laughs> was that he was very glad not to have been included uh, in, in, in Toby Hadoke's list. And I thought that was quite amusing, but yeah. All in all, guys, three and a half hours uh, you know, in the company of other Doctor Who fans. Lots and lots of fun. I think we yeah, should yes. say once again, thank you, BFI. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Dick. And we look forward to the next one. Yes, Dick, great story, great event. Yeah, As wonderful always. stuff. Yeah. Wonderful to speak to you, Phil. And thank you, Adam, for joining thank us. You. Bye for now, everyone. Bye-bye.